Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And I'll be reading verse number 10. 1 John chapter 5. And verse number 10. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Let us pray. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful privilege that you've given us to be here tonight in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to bring our prayer requests before you and for the needs that you have met as well. We thank you for being a great God. And dear Lord, and I pray tonight as your word goes forth, I pray that you would speak to each and every heart in a very special way. May we be receptive, dear Lord, for, to what you have to say, and may your word go forth with the power of your Holy Spirit. Give me the words you'll have me to say. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you will do and how you will use your word to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Funerals are a reality of life that no matter how many we attend or how frequently we attend them, we can never get accustomed to it. Death is one of those things that we don't like to think about. We don't like to deal with the reality of it. But death in and of itself really is a reality of life. But let me say tonight that the reason why death is so difficult is because death is a separator. It separates us from our loved ones. It separates us from our family. It separates us from our acquaintances. But death is also a separator because it separates the body from the spirit. Or some might say the body from the soul. But I hope we understand that death, while it is a separator, death is not ceasing to exist. But one of the tragedies that keeps occurring at funerals as I attend them and I observe them, and I'm sure that you do as well, is that the notion continues to exist that people are in heaven irrespective of whether or not they choose to meet God's biblical criteria for getting there. It's a harsh reality that I presume that oftentimes because of the pain of separation, no one wants to really think that that loved one is eternally separated from God. We have been examining various proofs of salvation here in 1 John chapter 5. And these proofs are important because they provide assurance they provide confirmation that when we die, not if 
we die. But when we die, we can be assured that death has not succeeded in separating us from the presence of God. My friend, that is very important. That is very critical. That is very vital for us to have that assurance, to have that confirmation regarding this enemy called death. We have seen thus far in 1 John chapter 5 the proof of conversion through the Savior. The fact that when an individual, man, woman, boy, or girl places his or her faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, that individual is transformed, is converted, is changed on the inside, and that change on the inside manifests itself on the outside. That is a proof of salvation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Make no mistake about it. The greatest miracle is when God changes a life supernaturally. That's a supernatural miracle. We are not to take it for granted. It's a conversion. It's a change that's facilitated and executed by Almighty God. So the first proof that we have seen is conversion through the Savior. But the second proof that we are currently looking at is confirmation by the Spirit. Confirmation by the Spirit. Understand that the Spirit is a witness. The Spirit testifies some things. He testifies that Jesus is in fact the Son of God. He's God the Son. He testifies what is truth and what is error. He defines truth. He delivers truth. And this witness called the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a second class God. He's not a third class God. He's the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity. This, this, this witness, this testifier, if you will, is, is so important that he testifies both in heaven and he testifies on earth. His testimony is doubtless. It is decisive. But I want us to continue this thought that we have looked at thus far, is that this Holy Spirit that confirms some things in the life of a believer, understand that his presence in our lives is so vital and significant because his presence distinguishes within us what team we're on. He distinguishes your team. And we saw in verse number 10 that his presence in the life of a believer, it is initiated through belief in the Savior. When a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that belief triggers the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a born-again believer, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, by way of his indwelling, began when you got saved. Praise the Lord. That we can have the presence of God living inside us. It's initiated through belief in the Savior, the indwelling of the believer by the Spirit. What a great miracle. 
that God would give us the earnest of our inheritance. A down payment to confirm and to seal us. What a blessing. But I want you to notice some additional things in verse number 10 tonight. And I want you to notice the personal pronoun that begins this verse. It says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Notice again, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. What is the emphasis here? My friend, when it comes to this matter of belief, understand that belief must be personal. You must believe God for yourself. And so I want you to understand that that this Holy Spirit that confirms some things in our life, the Holy Spirit that that that, that is present in the life present in the life of a believer, his presence is in your life or in my life or in the life of any born again believer. It is individual basis. There is an individual basis for selection. Meaning you must Trust God for yourself, and that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. Nobody can force the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. And nobody can extract his presence from your life also. There's an individual basis for selection. He that believeth on the Son of God. And you know what that tells me? That personal belief is powerful. You know, no matter how much someone tortures you, they can't change your belief if that's what you believe. If someone wants to end your life, they can do that, but they cannot extract and take away your belief. It's a personal thing. It's a powerful thing. And I want us to notice tonight how important belief is. And I want us to understand that belief affects behavior. Make no mistake about it. This easy believism that, that is promoted, uh, I just say a prayer and, and uh, I, I'm absent-minded and I just uh, say I believe, but it has no real substance. It has no real meaning, no real significance. It's leading many people to a devil's hell. So I want us to understand some things that must be a part of a person's belief. This word is used a number of times in this verse number 10. But I want us to take this belief seriously because it is powerful. He that believeth. What what, what does a, a must a believer believe? It says, he that believeth on the Son of God. What does it mean to believe on the Son of God? Does it mean just that he existed? The history books, even apart from the Bible, confirm that Jesus existed. That's not enough. It's not enough to admit that Jesus walked on earth. It's not enough to admit that he was here for 33 years. What does it mean to really believe on Jesus? Well, I'm going to give you a few things that a person must believe. First of all, 
A person must believe in his person. What do I mean? The person must believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. He is Messiah. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, and verse number 21. And I want you to understand how, how important belief is. Because I think this word is often just taken so lightly. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 21. When Mary was met by the angel, listen to what the Bible says, speaking of Jesus. And she shall bring forth a son. By the way, this year was not um, Mary, but this was Joseph, rather, being met by the angel. And the Bible says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, what? Jesus. For he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. My friend, that's what a Messiah does. The Messiah saves. The Messiah delivers. And Jesus, a person must believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now, if you are saving a world, or you are saving an individual or people from something, it is because the individuals need saving. Wow, that's, that's real revolutionary, isn't it? We need saving because, my friend, we have a sin problem. A problem that has caused us to now be in trouble. Do you realize that because of sin, all of humanity found self in trouble? You see, my friend, why is this so important as it relates to belief? Because many people are not willing to admit or to recognize that sin is indeed a problem that has caused us to be in trouble. That's why many people say, oh, I'm good. I'm okay. They have not believed the reality that sin is man's biggest problem. And were it not for this Messiah, Jesus, we would all be doomed. So what's the first thing we must believe about Jesus? That he is the savior of the world. The Messiah. That's his person. That's who he is. But we must also believe in his performance. What does Jesus do? His performance. Jesus is not only the savior of the world, but I want you to understand that Jesus is the sacrifice of God. This is the lamb. He is the lamb. He's the Messiah as the savior of the world, but he's also the lamb as the sacrifice of God. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 53, and maybe you can turn there as well. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 and 7. Listen to what the Bible says in speaking of Jesus. My friend, these things are important as it relates to what we believe. It has to be heartfelt belief. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 says, All we like sheep have 
gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Understand that Jesus was, was given as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Jesus, just as a sheep would uh, just willingly submit, Jesus gave up his life for you and for me. Now, now why is this so important to believe? And how does this affect behavior? You see, my friend, when you think of the, the reality that Jesus willingly, even though he was innocent, even though he, was, he had never sinned, willingly gave up his life for you and for me when we were the ones who were guilty, what does that do? That causes a person who sincerely believes that to be willing to sacrifice for him. To be willing to serve him. To be willing even to suffer for him. You see how belief affects behavior? Because if we think about the fact that Jesus suffered and bled and died when he was innocent. Well that should cause us to be willing to endure some suffering for him. Doesn't that make sense? That's what belief does. So we must believe not only that Jesus is the savior of the world and he's the Messiah, but we must also believe that Jesus is the sacrifice of God. That's his performance. He's not only the Messiah, but he's a lamb. But I want you to notice something else about Jesus that we must believe with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. We must recognize not only his person, not only his performance, but recognize his position. His position. Jesus, my friend, is the son of God. Amen? It means that he's in a position of authority. He is not only the Messiah. He's not only the lamb, but understand that he is a king. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's on the throne. And as such, a sincere belief that that is his position would cause us to acknowledge it and to treat him as such. Belief affects behavior. He is, in fact, the Son of God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And recognizing his position of authority means that I must then be willing to let him rule and reign in my heart. To be on the throne of my life. Why? Because he is king. That's his position. We can't change it. We must accept it. But in addition to accepting it, 
we must be willing to let him be in charge. You see how important belief is? So if he's king, and we decide we are doing our own thing, and he has no say, the question is, are we admitting that we don't really believe he's king? That's why Jesus said to those following him, why call ye me what? Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say. He says your, your, your actions and your, 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 your belief is not, a, is not a matching up with your behavior. You're calling me Lord, but when you're calling me King, but when I tell you what to do in my position of authority, you don't do what I say. He said it doesn't add up. So, so we must recognize that our belief must encapsulate the fact that we understand his person. We understand his performance. We understand his position. I want you to see this in Philippians chapter 2. Look at what the Bible says. In speaking of the position of this same Jesus. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. The prior verses in verses 5 to 8 speak once again of the fact that he performed. He came to this earth as a servant. He humbled himself. He gave up his life as a lamb. But make no mistake, he's not just a lamb, but he's a lion. He's in a position of authority. Look at verse number 9. Wherefore, as a result of what he performed and what he did, God has also hath highly done what? Exalted him. And given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's submission of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's going to come a time when every knee will bow. But for those of us who truly believe and who say we believe, my friend, we should have already started bowing now. Why? Because we are saying that we believe that Jesus is what? Lord. He's king. He's in charge. He's in a position of authority. So to live a life as a Christian, requires a submission of one's will to this king. Jesus, you are in charge. You call the shots. You're on the throne in heaven, but you also should be reigning and ruling in my heart and in my life. That's what belief does. But here's what else we also must believe. Not only his person, his performance, his position, but we must believe in his power. You see, my friend, Jesus, he is the savior of the world. That's a messiah. He's the, the sacrifice of God. That's a lamb. He's the, the son of God. That's the king. But understand that, that in manifesting his power, Jesus is the sustainer of our lives. He's a source. 
Just in case we did not recognize this or you did not recognize it, my friend, we need God. Let me say that again. We need God. We can't do anything without him. And so if we recognize our desperate need for this Jesus, guess what? Our belief is going to result in. It's going to result us in not looking somewhere else to find another source. We would make up our minds where we stand with this Jesus. We would determine that he is the only one we need. And that we need him in the worst way. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 15. And verse number 4. When you read these verses, you understand how desperately we need the Lord. Look at what Jesus, speaking of himself, Understanding that this Jesus, he's the sustainer of our lives. He's our source. It says in verse number 4 of John's Gospel, chapter 15, it says, Abide where? In me. And I in you. As the branch cannot be a fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Now, do believers really believe this? If we truly believe that if we are not plugged into this source, if we're not abiding in this vine, that we would wither away. If we truly believe that, it, it should cause us to ensure by way of our connection to this God, by way of relationship and fellowship, that we remain plugged in. That will be, there would be nothing that would hinder that relationship, hinder that fellowship. Why? Because for that to be the case would mean that we would wither away. Would be of no use to ourselves and to others. I trust that we are seeing how critical and important belief is. Because if we truly believe something, my friend, it affects what we do. Back in 1 John chapter 5, where we are. It says, He that believeth on the Son of God. It encompasses more than just lip service, it encompasses more than just empty words. 
I thought we would get through this entire verse tonight because there's the other side of it, but we're going to look at that next week. We examined what do we need to believe? He that believeth. Next time we look at he that believeth not. What does that really mean? What does that really communicate when a person does not believe? But I trust tonight that our belief is strengthened. And I trust tonight that if your belief is shaky, your belief is not manifested by action and behavior that is consistent with the belief that we say we have, that that will be shored up, that that will be strengthened, that that will be solid. Because my friend, it is belief in this Jesus that determines whether you're saved. It's belief. Belief is powerful. Belief is what triggers the Holy Spirit living in your life. And that is a proof that must exist. If the Holy Spirit is not living in dwelling a believer or a person, that person is not saved. That's how important belief is. And so I trust that God will continue to use his word to challenge each and every heart. And if that belief is superficial, if that belief is not sincere, that that belief would be such that it produces a changed life, a transformation that will trigger the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside a person. What a miracle. And I tell you, it makes all the difference. That Holy Spirit is a witness, testifies of sin and right and wrong, it convicts, it tells us what's truth and what's error. And so there's no reason for us to be living in ignorance, or doubt, about what is right and what is wrong. Why? The Holy Spirit can confirm that. He's a powerful witness. So thank God for the proofs. We have to have evidence of this most important decision, a decision to believe that makes the difference between an eternity in the presence of God or an eternity separated from God. It's all linked to this powerful thing called belief.